Welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. Open your Bibles with me to Exodus 33, and we're going to be again in verse 7 through verse 11, and then I want you to mark your place there. Hold that with your finger, and you may have already be there, and then flip also to Exodus 24, 12 through 18. I want to read this as a, in addition and I'm going to read that first. I'm going to read Exodus 24, 12 through 18 first, and then we'll go over to Exodus chapter 33, and I will read there again. But I want you to see this message, learn to linger with God. Learn to linger with God. Exodus chapter 24, I'm going to let you remain seated Uh, Just because I'm going to read both these passages, but it is God's Word that we are reading, not my words, not anybody else's words, but His words. In Exodus 24, beginning in verse 12, it says this, And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount, and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and the law and commandments which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. Now notice there's three things there that he's telling me. He said, I'm going to give you stone tablets. Now if in our Sunday school lesson this morning, we saw that after Moses smashed the tablets God had given him, God tells Moses, now you cut out some tablets. But either way, here are some tablets he's given him, and then he's going to give him the law. That's God's law. Now we talked last Sunday about how the the, the Pharisees were, and the, the church leader, or the Jewish leaders, religious leaders, we don't, I guess it wasn't called the church back then, were incorporating man's law, or the, the religious law, not God's law, and holding it over God's law as even higher. But he says, I'm going to give you my law. Now that's more than just the Ten Commandments. But he says in verse 12, I'm going to give you these tablets of stone. I'm going to give you my law and the commandments. All right, which I have written that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua and Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold Aaron and her are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount and a cloud covered the mount. Now the cloud again represented God's presence. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days and the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel and Moses went into the midst of the cloud and get him up into the mount and Moses was in the mount forty days and forty nights 
Now notice two things here, or two time periods. One, there's a period of seven days. Six days before God spoke. Moses sat there in the presence of God for six days before God said a word. And then Moses spent 40 days with God on the mountain in his presence as God gave him the commandments and the law for him to give to the people. So hold on to that and then now go over to 33 where you were holding your finger. In this passage that Mark has already read, but I'm going to read again, we will pick up and understand that in the meantime, in between the two, God has told Moses, all right, go down. The people are worshiping a false golden calf. Remember now, the people said, Moses is gone. We don't know what's happened to him. But make us a golden image that we may worship this false God. And Aaron did immediately what they said. And they began to worship and in a very pagan way, very wicked way. And God says the people are already violating my covenant that I have with them. And Moses goes down and he sees what they're doing and he smashes the commandments, the Ten Commandments, the tablets of stone on the foot of the mountain. As we talk about the Sunday school lesson, signifying basically the breaking of the covenant or God ending the covenant. God breaking. It's like, fine, you break it, now it's broken. And now here God is going to re-enter the covenant, as we saw in the Sunday school lesson. And he's going to call Moses, or he's calling Moses back up onto the mountain again. But before he does, we read in verse 7, Moses took the tabernacle. This is not the tabernacle that God gave him the instructions to build that we have been reading about in our chronological reading, that we're reading about in the book of Exodus, where God gives them very specific instructions as far as how it is to be made, and the materials to be made, and so forth and so on. God has given them that, and now He's calling him back up into the mountain again. But this tabernacle here was a tent that Moses would take, and he would pitch it outside the city, and he called it the Tent of Meeting. And as you read in your reading, that's where he's talking about. That's where God's presence would go and rest and meet with Moses was this tent of meeting. And then they build the tabernacle or they build the, they, they construct it. And then that's where the Holy of Holies is. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant is. That's a little bit later. That comes a little bit later. But right now, this is where God would meet with Moses. And so now we see in verse 7, Moses took the tabernacle, that tent, the tent of meeting, and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle, that all people rose up and stood every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. 
And all the people saw the cloudy pillar staying at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. In other words, Moses returned, but Joshua, his servant, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. In other words, Moses lingered with God, but Joshua, learning from Moses, also stayed longer and lingered around the presence of God, lingered about. What happened when he was there doesn't say. Maybe nothing. Did God instruct Joshua as far as you're going to replace Moses one day? Don't know. Doesn't say. But the point was is that Joshua wanted to linger around the presence of God. And if we are going to have the Christian lives that we ought to have, ought to desire to have, we need to learn to linger in God's presence. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us today. That we would want and desire your presence in our lives. That we would want and desire to be around you. That we would spend time with you. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to see, I want you to see this morning five blessings that take place when we linger or when we learn to linger with God. Five blessings that take place when we learn to linger. I say learn to linger because we live in a world that is full of fast food and fast life. Things happen quickly. We, you know, I, I, I'm a, I love the outdoors. I love sports. But I also love technology. And in technology, things happen quick. Things are constantly changing. Technology is constantly changing. Internet speed. Just internet speed. Used to be when I was growing up, didn't have the internet. I'm old enough to say I grew up in a time when we didn't have the internet. And then, for those of you that might remember, the internet came along and we had these 56 kilobyte modems that you plugged into your phone line. And then AOL, or whoever it was that you would use, would dial up a service and you would hear it actually dialing. And if anybody got on the phone while you were online, they would hear a squealing, squeeching noise. Remember that? And they would knock you off a line, but it was super slow. And now we have, we have to measure, not in kil- I'm not going to get into describing all this, but not in kilobytes anymore, but in gigabytes, the speed in which we can achieve on the internet and with streaming. And it's amazing how far we've come. Everything's about getting faster and going quicker. And our lives become so filled up with stuff that we have to go quicker. But we, and in fact, I've noticed as long as I've been here at this church, and it probably not, and I know it's not just this church, but it seems more and more that in churches we tend to come in at the last minute. And as soon as the preacher says, Amen, we're out the door because we got to get to lunch. Right? And nobody lingers around anything. In fact, we see signs about not loitering. Maybe I should have used that word. Learn to loiter with God. Maybe that should have been my title for this morning. But learn to loiter. Learn to linger with God. I don't know about you, and I know there's times that I haven't always wanted this. 
But I'm telling you that I want and we ought to want to have a relationship like Moses did with God, like David did with God. Like Daniel did with God, like Joseph did with God, like Joshua did with God. And it wasn't a let's get this done and get this out of the way, but he, they wanted to linger in God's presence. I've been encouraging you, I've been exhorting you, I've been reminding you. What I so often need reminded of is to spend time in God's Word. But you know what I think that I have done a large portion of my life and that what many of us do, and I hope not you, and I'm not accusing you, but we do this. Even if we're doing our chronological Bible reading or we're doing, okay, preacher asked me to read this, I'm going to read it. Three chapters. Okay, my thing says three chapters. I read my three chapters. Good. Done. All right. Now I can get on with the rest of my day. What I'm about to tell you, I've been hinting at and mentioning, and I please do not misunderstand me. Please do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying this for you to go, way to go, preacher. Nice job. I'm not. And I know when I say this that that's going to sound like what I'm trying to do. But I tell you this because it's embarrassing for me to admit this. But I'm telling you that I've been in pastoral ministry now for 17 years. And there's been times in my pastoral ministry, large, vast parts that I struggle to read God's Word, especially in my own personal devotions, because I'm so focused on trying to get ready for the, the sermon. And that, a lot of times, is apart from my own personal Devotions, my own personal Bible reading. And I've had pastor after pastor after missionary after missionary after man of God after woman of God tell me, don't neglect your own personal Bible reading. And I struggle because I've got so many things to do. You know, my kids tease me. You only work two days a week. I've got a lot of stuff to fit in in those two days. But in my own personal Bible reading, I am telling you that this year I have really dove in and slowed down. Now, when I say slow down, I mean focusing on what I'm reading. But I'm telling you, I'm two weeks ahead of you in my reading. And I'm doing that for two reasons. One, because I want to be able to put in the things to look for. And I've got to be able to do that by the middle of the week for Ute to put in the bulletin. So I've got to be ahead. But because I can't stop reading it. I'm reading in what I would call, or at least used to call, the driest, most difficult places to read. Exodus, after they leave Egypt, and Leviticus. And if you've been reading, or have ever read, you understand that reading about, at least for me, maybe it's not for you, but at least for me, reading about the law, the Old Testament law, which a lot of does not apply anymore, because it talks about not eating shrimp. And by the way, I can tie this into last week as far as the traditions we have. And people say, well, you got to wear certain things to church, or you got to go a certain time to church, or you have to go a certain place to church, or has to be this and it has to be that. Then why aren't we dressing like they were instructed to dress when they, in, the, in the Old Testament? 
Why aren't we wearing robes? And why aren't we wearing, you know, women wearing hats and covering our heads? And why aren't we wearing clothes from the top of our bottom of our chin down to our toes? And, and why are we eating, Tracy, why are we eating shrimp? That's in the Old Testament law. Don't eat shrimp. If you've been reading along with me, you probably covered that. But anyway, there's all kinds of things that don't apply now. And we'll get to this next week, but because in Mark 7, it says nothing. Jesus basically teaches them what you eat is clean. And he's going against the Old Testament law, which drove the Pharisees crazy. But he's saying, it doesn't violate you what goes into your body. What violates you is what is in your heart and therefore comes out. And so he basically was saying, food is clean. You can eat the shrimp. You can eat these things. And they didn't learn that until later when Peter was being taught what God has called clean, don't call unclean. And he had all kinds of food that... According to Jewish tradition, you weren't to eat. That's for next week. But my point is this. Diving into God's Word, and we find all kinds of things that will jump off the page to you, and God will speak to you. And what I'm saying to you is, please get in God's Word, and don't just read it to get it done. But I'm telling you what God has been doing in me is amazing, and I want to see Him do it in you. I was really bothered yesterday. I went up to celebrate birthdays with my family up in Greenville. Tracy's birthday, and I've got a niece's birthday, and, and then my grandmother's birthday. My grandmother, y'all know her, mother, we call her, 97 years old. I've got a picture up here at Christmas that I'll show you. 97 years old, and you would think she's not a day over 60. But my point is this. I said something to my brother about God has really been showing me some things in his word. My brother, who teaches at Bob Jones University and who's very involved in his church and he said to me that's great and then he proceeded to show me a video that was on YouTube from Saturday Night Live which was which fine was funny I'm not saying anything wrong with that but I want to get where I can go to you and not just ask you about the weather and not just say, I want you to come to me and not just say, preacher, how was your day? Or preacher, this is what I saw in God's word or preacher, what did you see in God's word in the reading? What is God's, I'm going to start coming up to you and just asking you, and y'all probably going to avoid me like the plague, but what is God showing you today? Because I, I feel like God said that to me beginning this year is, what have I shown you? And so I dove in. And I'm telling you, I see things in places I've never seen them. I'm coming across verses I don't remember ever reading. And I'm telling you that I'm learning to linger. And the blessings that are coming about because of it are amazing. And I want you to learn to linger in God's presence. I want you to want to have a life and a relationship like Moses and Joshua. They were here in this passage. But the Daniels, the Josephs, the Davids. Learn to linger. Don't just come into church. I got that done. Get out of the way. Go out the rest of my life. Don't just open your Bible, crack it open, and read your three chapters, if that's what you read, and then say, okay, I'm done. And some of us don't even do that. We, we open up a, a devotional book that has one verse. We read the verse and the few paragraphs or a paragraph or so that the author has put beneath it. We say, good, I'm done. Out of the way. But if you want to have 
the kind of life that Moses and David and Daniel and jo- Joshua had. Learn to linger. I got stuck on the verse where Joshua did not leave the tent of meeting. Did not leave God's presence. So here is five, very quickly, five blessings that God will do for you, I believe with all my heart, if you will learn to linger. Number one, God will speak to you. You say, well, that, that, okay. God will speak to you. Do you want God to speak to you? Again, has God spoken to you? Is God speaking to you? Or maybe better said, are you listening for God to speak to you? Do you hear God speaking to you? We're Christians, right? Christianity is a relationship, right? In a relationship, there has to be daily, I mean, if you're going to have a close relationship, daily communication, constant communication. Not once in a while, not once a week I go to church, but daily communication, constant communication. But God will speak to you. God was speaking to Moses nearly constantly. You say, well, that was Moses. Why can't it be you? Why can't it be me? I'm not saying that God is going to use me to lead the people out of Egypt. Okay, don't misunderstand me. I'm not, not everything, every story we read directly applies in the direct way that it did for them. We've talked about this before. I'm not going to be the father of a great nation. All the world is not going to be blessed because of my children. All right? I, I think my children are a blessing. I think you can be blessed by knowing my children. But I, my children are not Isaac and, and, and Jacob. That's not my children. That wasn't what God said about me. However, God does want to speak to me, and God does want to speak to you. Look, if you would, and it says down, again, in Exodus chapter 33, this caught my attention. In verse 11, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. That's why I use David, because David had a heart, a, a, a heart after God, a heart like God's own. He was a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. God spoke to Moses face to face. He said, well, God doesn't speak to me face to face, and I don't think he necessarily does speak anymore like that face to face. Maybe not, because they didn't have God's word then. It hadn't been written and you do, I could make the argument that, that is God speaking to you face to face. But you tell me that God can't speak to you like a friend speaks to a friend? The Bible says we have a friend that's closer than a brother. It's the Lord. Does God speak to you? God, God will speak to you if you will linger in His Word. If you will learn to linger in His presence. God will speak to you constantly. And He will speak to you as a friend speaks to his friend. So how do you know that? How do you know God's going to speak to you? I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. When you read this, God is speaking. 
every bit from Genesis 1-1 to the end of Revelation. Now, I'm not saying it's in the, in the notes and the footnotes and all that. I'm simply saying in the words, in the verses, God is speaking to you. Every bit. Number two. My phone keeps turning off, so I've got to keep turning it back on. But number two, God will answer your prayers. You say, well, God doesn't God answer my prayers? Yes, but God will start answering your prayers in the affirmative. Now, again, don't misunderstand me. This doesn't mean that everything I ask God, He's going to say, well, sure, yeah, sure, okay, sure, yeah. New car, new, we were talking about the other day, uh, talking about the one, uh, Ella has this idea, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, I'm just simply saying, she says, well, Landon got your car when he went off to college and you got a new one, so when I go off to college, I'm going to get your car now. I said, well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but we'll see when we get there. And then the conversation, I said, so I told Tracy the other day, we parked next to a Ford Bronco with the big Sasquatch tires on it. I said, that's going to be my next car. And we were at, my, at the birthday the other day, and I was talking about that very thing. My brother says, well, you've got to get a Bronco. You've all your life talking about getting a Bronco. I'm not saying that if a God give me a Ford Bronco with the big Sasquatch tires on it, that's what he's, if it's in his will, sure. But my point is this. You say, well, what do you mean God will answer your prayers? God had told Moses. He told the Israelites, I'm going to go with you into the promised land. And then when the Israelites violated God's law, worshiped the false calf, God says, I'm not going to go with you because if I do, in an instant, I'll wipe you all out. But I'll send an angel to go with you. Initially, he was going to go with them and lead them with an angel. Now he's just going to send the angel. But Moses said to the Lord, this is after our reading now, Moses said to the Lord, See thou sayest me, bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, and I may know thee, and I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall Go with thee. And then we read on down a little bit longer, and he says, I'm also going to grant you request to show you my glory. He says, listen, show me thy way that I may know thee. And a little bit later on down, he says, verse 17, the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee in my name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy in whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou canst, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me and thou shalt stand upon the rock and it shall come to pass when my glory passeth by that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock and I will cover thee with my hand. That's where we get that song from. And I will pass by and I will take away mine, hot, mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen. In other words you'll be able to ask God for big and bold things and God according to his will will do them when you learn to linger in his presence and have the relationship that is close because God is speaking to you and you're speaking to God. God will answer your prayers. 
That's a wonderful blessing. Not just that God will speak to me, but God will answer my prayers when I speak to Him. God will answer back what I'm asking Him according to His will. Number three, it's even better. When you learn to linger in God's presence, God's presence will go with you. We talked about how He granted that for Moses in the request. All right? God rejoined the covenant that was violated. And he said, all right, I'm going to give you, because God is gracious, because God is merciful, because God loves us, God says, I'm going to give you another chance. God is a God of many chances, not just second chances, of many chances. Landon sent me a little video the other day, and the video says, if God says to forgive your brother 70 times 7, what happens after I got to the 491st time? Am I in trouble? God gives many chances. And he says, listen, even though you violated the covenant, even though you disobeyed, even though I know you're going to fail again, I will go with you. And he rejoined the journey. And when you have, listen, here's the thing. Well, I'm going to hold on to that to the end. Hold on one second. But do you want God's, do you desire for God's presence to be with you? And he said, well, doesn't he, the Bible says he'll go with me and never leave me nor forsake me. In his Holy Spirit, he won't, no matter what you do. But if you have a close relationship with him, let me just go ahead and tell you, not just his spirit goes with you, but his presence and his power go with you. Listen, well, there's lots of people that are saved and they're not necessarily living in a close relationship with God. They still have the Holy Spirit inside of them. The Holy Spirit has not left. They're still saved. Their name is still written down in heaven. But I'm telling you, you look at them or when they pray or when they talk or when they, the power's not there. There are certain people that you know that profess to be Christians, and it's not my job to figure out whether they are or whether they're not, whether they were sincere when they got saved or whether they weren't. But my job is this. I don't necessarily go and say, hey, will you please pray for me? To them. Now, if they're there with me and I'm talking about something, I may ask them, but I'm saying, I don't go out of my way. Because I, I, I want prayer warriors. God's presence and His power will go with you. His glory, and I actually included it in this next part too, His glory and His power will be revealed to you as it was to Moses. Moses had this relationship. Moses had this kind of relationship, and God said, yes, I'll grant that, and I'm going to reveal who I am to you and my power and my glory to you. And He hid him in the rock, and He protected him, but He allowed him to know God in a way that nobody else had that point in time knew God. Why? Because Moses lingered in God's presence. I use Joshua as well because Joshua is the next man up and Joshua becomes a mighty man of God and leads the people into Israel. Why? Because Joshua lingered in God's presence. Do you want to be acquaintances with God? Or do you want an intimate relationship with God? Because the last thing that I want you to see as far as this blessings is that you will have an intimate relationship with God. Notice what Moses says 
Now, therefore, verse 13, if I found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way. That I may know thee. That I might find grace in thy sight and consider this nation thy people. And he says, my presence will go with thee. But look at what he says here in verse 15. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, don't carry us up. In other words, if you're not going to go with us, I don't want to go. In other words, I want to have a relationship so close to God that I know God in a way that ordinary people don't know God. But also, I want God to be in His presence and His power in my life so badly that it's that kind of relationship that I want. I, I think I've teased Tracy on this. I think I probably heard it from somewhere else. But Tracy, if you're ever going to leave me, let me know so I can go with you. I, I don't want anybody else. I don't want to not have her in my life. No, we don't joke about divorce. I'm not saying we ought to joke about divorce. I'm just saying that old joke. There's an old joke. I know. I, I'm sure I heard it somewhere else. But if you ever leave, I'm going with you. Moses is saying, God, I want that relationship with you so close that I don't want to go if you're not going to be there. Show me your ways. He says, I'll show you my ways and I'll show you my name. Because he says to Moses, I know thee by name. What does that mean? I know thee by name. Doesn't God know every hair on our head? Doesn't God know? If God knows every hair on our head, if God knows everything we go through, surely he knows us by name. Well, a couple of thoughts occur to me. One, there's a difference between having your name written down. That's the most important thing. But if you're in, 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 on, on, on the, your name written down in heaven on the book of life. You've been saved, you've turned from sin, you've called on him, you've repented, you've asked him to forgive you of your sins. That's the most important thing for God to have your name written down. But does God know you by name? So of course God knows me by name. The point of this was that God knew him so closely and he knew God so closely that it was a special, endearing, enduring relationship. It's a special fondness. We often say, well, God loves everybody, and he does. But there was a special fondness that God had for Moses. Why? Because he lingered. For Joshua, because he lingered. For David, because he lingered in God's presence. If you don't understand that, go look at the Psalms and see about everything about David wrote and sang about. say, well, then how do I have this kind of relationship? It's really not hard. It's, it's not hard. It's not hard at all. In fact, it's very simple. You want these blessings in your life very quickly because I'm out of time. Is how do I learn to linger? 
How do I learn to linger? Well, number one, turn to him in prayer and ask him, God, give me a desire for you. Don't just turn to him and start making requests of God, give me this and God, give me that. But God, I want to worship you. I want to know you. God, give me a desire for you. Not just for the things you can give me, but a desire for yourself. When we have that kind of relationship with God, and I was talking about this in Psalms earlier this week. I was reading this in Psalms about how that life is forever changed. Your praise will continually be in my mouth. God, turn to him by prayer, in, in prayer, by faith, and ask that he draw you near. Number two, uh, not, not just turning to him by prayer, but linger in his word. So linger in prayer. Don't just pray and then be done. Linger in prayer, but also linger with him in his word. And I talked about how I did, I, I'm doing that. And again, not to praise me, because God is, I, I told God, God, I have a hard time reading your word. And God helped me, and he has helped me. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm I'm having to go to other, not not having to go, that's not the right way of saying that. I'm finding myself turning to other scripture and reading as well because I don't want to get too far ahead of everybody else because I'm making my list of what I want to put in the bulletin for things for you to look for and I want to be where you're at, but I'm reading in other places because I just can't get enough. So turn to him in prayer and say, God, I just want to talk to you. But turn to him in the word and say, God, I just want to hear from you. By faith, believing that he will give you a hunger for himself, pray. By faith, believe that he will draw you near to him. But by faith, read and believe that he will speak his desires to your heart through his word. But also by faith or faithfulness, keep on reading. Don't give up. You may start reading, oh man, this is tough trudging here through this book of Leviticus. But can I go back and remind you that it was seven days on the seventh day that God spoke to Moses? Can I go back and remind you that it was 40 days that he was on the mountain? Can I go back and just remind you that they lingered? I'm telling you, if you are faithful and if you are dedicated to reading, God will speak to you. And I don't mean just speaking to you because, well, that's his word. He's speaking to me. But he will open your eyes and he will make it come alive. And he will begin to speak to your soul and to your spirit. And you'll be like, man, I just can't get enough. And I'm telling you, when you have that going on in your life, you'll find that everything else in life, like, like Joseph, in jail after being a slave and I told you this before but he sees two friends who are kind of down in the dumps in prison and his question is what's wrong with you? We're in prison Joseph. Yeah. And? Number three surround yourself with people who turn you to God. Now, I understand that we need to be around people that are lost, too, because we need to be a witness to them. But don't surround yourself with lost people. Surround yourself with people that will turn you to God. And then, together, God will send you out to somebody's for you to tell them. 
and they will want to surround themselves with you. Although they may not completely understand yet, God will begin to work in their hearts and they'll want to know more and they'll begin to ask questions. And they will come to you and say, hey, I'm... I don't understand this, or why is this happening, or what does your God have to say about this? When they do that, it's not because they're rejecting God, it's because God is working in their heart. And His power and His presence will be in your life. I brag on Landon just for a minute. He's down there taking teammates to church, down there taking teammates and saying, hey, watch this Passion of the Christ with me. And when they start to say, well, I don't understand. I don't even, they're speaking a different language and, I, and just subtitles. Just watch. You, you, that'll go away in a minute because you won't even realize it in a second. And then it opens up all kinds of doors. And my point is this, is simply that God's power, God's presence in your life as you linger will cause other people who don't know God to want you to linger because you're lingering with God and they're getting just a glimpse through the keyhole. And I close with this illustration, and I'm done. How many of you remember, my grandmother had this old house on my dad's side. Had this old house in downtown Maumee, Ohio. Little small town. And, and they had the old, I don't, I don't know if they were skeleton keys, but the old big keys. I don't think it was really a skeleton key, but it was that old, and where... You could be in a dark room, and if the light was on in the hallway, you would see like a stream of light coming in that keyhole. Remember that? You are the keyhole. The light is on the other side. And you're in, the, the lost person is in darkness. But you become the keyhole to which they can see God. A little bit of light streaming in and then that person when you've been lingering with God and God is working in your life and his presence is in your life and you're praying for that person and God is answering prayers and giving you opportunities and God is speaking to you so you have something to say to somebody that's worthwhile and they're in the dark room and all of a sudden they see the light streaming on the wall and they're looking where's the light coming from they come over and they realize it's coming through the, the keyhole. And I remember as a kid, that very thing happening, and I would look through the keyhole, and I could see into the hallway. Well, what's the next logical step? Open the door. And let the light stream in. And I'm telling you, in, in your life, and the lives of those that I pray that you're praying for that are lost, or that are away from God, or whatever it might be, you, when you linger with God, God first of all deals with you, and then He uses you to deal with others. Oh, my friends, I pray that you will learn to linger. I'm telling you, it, pray for me, because I don't want it to end. I don't, I'm not perfect. I'm not. I, I, I mean, I'm not nowhere close. I mean, Tracy, kids can tell you I'm not. I'm just simply saying, in this aspect right now in my life, it's been like no other time that I can remember. And I don't want it to end. But I'm human. And the devil will get after you and is after me. And he'll get after you. And so I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to pray for me.
that I will linger. And I'm going to pray that you will linger in God's presence. That you'll not want to leave like Joshua, God's presence. That you, like Moses, will say, God, I want to know you better. Show me. God will say, okay. Cover you up. There, now you can see this part. And you know what happened to Moses? Eli, I said one more thing. I'm going to say one more thing. You know what happened to Moses after he came down off that mountain? His face glowed, shone, looked different. So much so that the people said, you've got to do something about that. We can't look. There was the glory of God was all over him. And he had to put a veil over his face. I don't know if God does that to us now. But I, I, I wonder if we could want to get there. God, I want people just to see your glory all over me. Not for my glory. I want them to see your glory. But so much so, they got to say, okay, you got to stop. Cover just a little bit. Shield me from that a little bit. But I'm telling you, if you learn to linger, God will involve you in what he's doing as he did with Joshua, as he did with Moses, as he did with David. We often look back and we say, the Bible care, that's just in the Bible. Why can't it be now? Why can't it be you? Why can't it be me? Learn to linger. Let's pray. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you.